to a lean-in moment to explore how to let go, follow, and navigate challenging times. I'm Stacy Bowden, your Mama Bear Guide. How can you thrive through any life circumstance? Let's find out together. Welcome, Adele. Thank you so much for coming on to Turning Dead Ends into Doorways. And I'm really excited that you are here and that you're willing to share whatever is going on for you in your life. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So what's happening? I think I've, I've had a difficult relationship with my mom for kind of a long time. Um, I think it was one of the first things that came up for me when I first started going to therapy and doing personal work and sort of recognizing that there were ways that she hadn't shown up in ways that I wanted her to when I was a kid and been available to me in ways that I wanted. And that was, there was a lot of hurt there. And, and I've, I've been working on that for a long time. Um, and I, you know, became a mother myself recently. And so I think I understand her perspective afresh, like everyone says that you will. And pretty deep down, I, I, I've forgiven or let go of a lot of that. Let go of what, sweetie? Like the anger. Um, and I can hear my voice, so maybe I haven't let go of it as much as I think. But yeah, just like being hurt that I wasn't you know, she wasn't there in the way that I wanted her to be when I was little and that we didn't have the kind of relationship that I wanted. And I think it's still really hard for us to connect. What kind of relationship did you want? Uh, I just, I just wanted her to be like emotionally available. I think I wanted her to be you know, willing to get down and play with me and be really present um, and have fun. And, you know, she ran a business and she's a really, really great businesswoman. And, and it was a really big responsibility. Um, And it, I think, made her come home at the end of the day, really drained and really stressed out. From my adult perspective, I can see that I think she just didn't preserve enough energy um, to kind of be available for me when she got home. You know, I've talked to her a little bit. I think there was a way in which she felt like she had to prepare me for a kind of harsh world. She grew up being a very smart, you know, young woman, I think in a time when there wasn't a lot of a lot of things that like smart women could do, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, at that time. I think things were just a little different then. And, and I think to succeed, in the way that she did, like she needed to really like kind of toughen up and, you know, like I remember, um, you know, taking something I'd written when I was probably in first or second grade, you know, and to her and her sort of like taking out her red pen and like immediately marking things that were wrong, (laughs) you know, like spelled wrong or whatever. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. That hurts, though. That hurts. Let's take a moment and say, okay, we understand that she was doing the best that she could with what she knew, and that hurts your feelings. Yeah, it did. It hurt my feelings. Um... Hmm. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, and I, I have so much respect for her, and I'm so grateful for, I think, the way that she saw providing and being a mother was a lot about creating financial security for our family, and and she really did that, and I, I try to be grateful for that. You know, the, the way that I feel validated in life or the, the thing that makes life enjoyable for me is like being connected to people um, and feeling feeling like we're sharing our true selves with each other and becoming better because of that and growing and um, being honest about what's going on for us even when it's hard and and that's I don't think that's something that's particularly comfortable for her generally connecting connecting in that way I think especially like from a from a open hearted like vulnerable place and uh I actually can think of like four or five really good conversations that I've had with her about like real things going on between us or you know between her and my dad or between you know me and my husband but I think in person like there's this way where like whenever I'm going into like seeing her in person, like I want there to be that conversation. Um, sometimes I leave and we never really have that conversation. And then I'm really sad and frustrated with myself. I feel like it's always my intention going in to create an opportunity for that. But they're hard conversations, you know, they're hard for me too. And I recognize that sometimes it's like, I'm not, I'm not putting in the extra energy to like initiate them either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hear that what you would like is to connect with her, to feel like you can share things with her and have a conversation that, that somehow I think feels what heartfelt. Yeah. So what's the blockage here? Is the blockage partially what happens with you when you sit with her and things come up? Or is the blockage, it's not easy for her to connect that way. And that what you're perceiving as a blockage inside of you is also that she ha- that connection looks different for her. I, d- I do think that it's likely that connection looks different for her. Like I know that one thing that's really important to her is just kind of family and community and being really in touch with that and like even just like physically in the same place a lot I think it's really hard for her that we're far away and that we don't we don't live close by like I think for her in a way like just being in the same place or just talking about nothing at all, you know, for half an hour every weekend or whatever, is that feels like staying connected. And I think I'm much more focused on sort of quality over quantity. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I do think that there's just a way that we perceive connection differently. And I also do think that she like wants to ask me things or wants to talk about things um, and feels like she can't, like feels like I get angry and jump on her and I'm defensive or things like that. So my my sense is that both of us would like to connect more, but there's there's enough 
um, residual kind of scar scar tissue there that it's pretty hard for both of us. So what feels like your part here in this dynamic? Yeah, I do think that I'm defensive and probably quick to anger and cagey about things sometimes. I think that we can, in conversations, we've been able to sort of work through that if if we're in a place where we can both take the time and like have the intention that we want to work through it. And I mean, I was going to say she pushes a lot of my buttons, but I mean, that's putting it back in her court. I just think our default state like triggers each other. Yeah. Well, and that's that's OK. I mean, that's real. You know, I'm wondering what your part is, but I'm also wondering it's not about blame. It's about noticing what would be more likely to trigger you then? Is there something she says? Is it something, is it the way she is with you? What usually triggers it? I think that she can be very like pessimistic um, or like sort of fatalistic. The conversation we had that was triggering was around our business, you know, the business that I run with my husband and, um, you know, she's a businesswoman herself. And, you know, I think she just she just wanted to understand if we were in an okay financial situation, because she knew enough to know that like things had been hard. And I think it's I think what triggers me is that I perceive it as like a control thing, like she is trying to come in and like fix it, or like, she's worried that we're not doing what she would do in this situation and she disagrees with what we're doing, you know, and she's sort of pretending she's not (laughs) upset that we're not doing what she thinks we should do, but it's clear that she is. I think that I'm comfortable with a much higher degree of risk than she is just generally. And so a lot of our decisions are not ones that she would make, I know. And I feel a lot of judgment coming off of her about that stuff. And so here's what's flashing as as you speak. First of all, I'm seeing you as this little girl who's trying to show her something and she's taken her red pen out and showing you what's wrong with it or showing you how to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, I just want her to like see it (laughs) and see what I'm trying to do and like be supportive, you know, ask questions. So you and I have traveled together for a while. And one of the things we study together and learn together and practice together are these triangles. The first one is the predominant codependent triangle, the way that people relate to each other most often the way that we're raised to relate to each other, which is that there are three prescribed roles. One is a rescuer who comes in and fixes um, and and does that with a victim who doesn't feel choice. And then there's a persecutor who comes in, uses often judgment and blame. And it's this, this cycle that goes round and round and round. So the key to working with that triangle is to notice whenever we're in dynamics um, where we're, where, judgment, blame, and guilt, or and or any of those things, as soon as judgment, blame, and guilt are in the house, or one of those, then we're in the presence of potentially codependence and dynamics that keep us stuck in an either or 
way of living, that there's only one right reality and we have to fight for it. And so I'm wondering, I heard, I think I heard you say the word that you, that you sense some judgment or blame. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it's so interesting though, because the, the thing that I always think about the triangles is, is about how like those roles can shift at any moment. Right. And so I think that she probably played the persecutor role the mo- or the, yeah, the persecutor role the most, um, when I was a kid, actually, especially with my dad, um, and I was usually the rescuer and he was the victim. You know, I think that she and I, because we're so alike, <laughs> when I have felt persecuted, like I just immediately become the persecutor and like, I think become pretty mean back <laughs> and like in response to what I feel like is, you know, perceived judgment or blame and that you know, I recognize that that response is often out of balance with what's actually going on um, or what she's trying to say or really saying. And I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed about that. What are you embarrassed about, honey? Um, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm doing to her what, what she did to me that didn't feel good. So what she modeled to, to you in front of you, even if she did it more with your dad, was this place where she would get judgmental and maybe make him wrong. Yeah. And then that would make him feel maybe more in that victim place of not feeling like he had choices. And then you came in, you said as a child, more of the rescuer where you would try to make it all better. Yeah. Or like defend him. I mean, again, maybe this was just me coming in as like, I would like persecuting her. <laughs> um. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Because the whole point is that once we get stuck, it's ring around the rosy, right? Once we enter these prescribed roles, they live inside of us and we can actually just keep going through each one of them inside of ourselves and in relationship with people and relationship with our lives. So it's not about, you know, we're, it's not about wrong. It's about learning to catch, wow, what role am I in in order to help shift it to that other triangle that we've also talked about and studied together for years. And really the key to that, I know that you're aware of it, but I want to say it here in this moment with you together to see how we can start to look at shifting is learning how to be in the I place, I'm feeling, you know, I'm noticing, I'm sensing, learning how to make room for more than one reality. And we're going to talk about that with your mom in a second. And also learning how to let go of the judgment, blame and guilt, which is just not easy when it comes to family dynamics. And when it comes to how what's what we're steeped in, and when it comes to feeling mad and disappointed, with some of the experiences that you had as a, as a child and what gets activated when you're with your mom, sometimes it just comes all flooding back. Yeah. (sighs) What I'm hearing is, is you start to have a conversation with your mom. Maybe she says something like maybe it's innocent, you know, in her reality, maybe she's just concerned because she cares and she loves you. Maybe it comes out in a way that has a flavor of blame or I know better. 
my reality. I know better because I'm this big, you know, businesswoman and I've been doing this longer. And it gets expressed that way, would you say? Yeah. And I, I don't know, like, <laughs> I feel like she ends up asking me questions or wanting an answer. And like, it's like, I don't know what to do about it either. Like, I'm frustrated about it too. Right. And it's like, you just like asking me what I'm going to do about it <laughs> isn't really helping. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't really know if she has that understanding of like sometimes people just need to share their experience and like they don't have an answer <laughs> and they don't need you to fix it and it's not about like what are we going to do about this <laughs> it's just like this is where I am and it's how I'm feeling and I just need you to like hear that mm -hmm. and so my love with all of your capacity and how good you are at talking and sharing have you tried telling her that? No. I don't think we've talked directly about the way that we talk. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, once or twice. I, I mean, I remember we must have talked about it enough that I know that she feels like she can't ask me things and I'm defensive and, you know, that kind of stuff. But that's... <laughs> That's a, it's a valid idea. Do you think she, I mean, some people don't have the capacity to hear that. Your mom is a super smart woman. Do you, and like, yes. So maybe she likes control more. She likes to fix more. She's a little bit of an older generation. Maybe things are more entrenched, but do you think she could hear you, you saying, Hey mom, I want to talk to you about the way we talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think probably like the other fear that I have around it is that I would say that and she would say yes and then she would say yes I'll try that or we can do that or whatever and then it, it wouldn't happen or it would be hard which like it would or like maybe it would happen once and then it wouldn't happen again and um, and I know like the adult version of me like knows that that's okay and that's just how these things go but that disappointment piece is so hard for me. The idea that I would get excited because maybe we could communicate in a different way and then have it not work is just scary, like almost equally <laughs> scary as just like not having a real, you know, not having a good connection in the first place. But I, I think I can talk myself out of that one. <laughs> I, I know that that's not a fair argument um, against trying it and that no one's perfect and I'm certainly not perfect in these situations either that's not a fair expectation mm -hmm. and it's an opportunity for you to practice together yeah because she will screw up and you will screw up and it is that moment sometimes it's not about having a foundational conversation sometimes it's just acting as if and starting but I don't know in this situation and this is where you get to decide I have a feeling that having a foundational conversation if she's if she's someone who really likes control yeah then that might give her a sense of choice or that might give her a sense of like how do I do this with my daughter if you feel like she I think she does want to do it that's my gut I have a feeling she would like to be closer to you yeah I think so so if you just kind of gave her a little bit of a manual and said mom I, 
I'd like to have a conversation with you about how we can talk to each other differently because I would like us to connect more and to feel more connected. And this is what I need for that to happen or to start happening. And I guess that the question is what, so what would you say you need here? You know, having her ask me how I'm doing instead of what I'm doing, which I think is where our conversations go a lot. And I think it's really about like when I share how I'm doing, just being able to like listen and ask questions to understand, but not try to fix it or need some kind of solution um, or try to be getting me to some kind of solution, you know, like more just holding space for those feelings. And I think the other thing that I, that I need that I think is kind of equally hard is that uh, like when I ask her how she is, that like I get what feels like a real response to me and that she can be honest about, what's going on for her um, and, and how she's really doing. And, and I think, you know, that might mean that we need to really have like a separate conversation that we set up together. That's just the two of us or like my dad's not around and the, the kiddo's not around. And I think it's really hard for her to share that stuff. And like, especially if, you know, it was more than just the two of us. Well, and this is where there could be a place. And so so now what I'm remembering is what you said earlier about how your mom values family and presence and being together and that there's something about everyone just being together or being, you know, in the same place that satisfies her, that that makes her that is a source of connection for her. I hear what you need around connection. And then it's also about making room for what connection might look like to her. And it might look really different. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I definitely think that like acts of service are her love language. Um, What do you mean by that? Tell me more acts of service. um, Like people doing things for her that she asks or doesn't ask for you know, in my more enlightened moments, I can see that it's her trying to feel, you know, get something that feels like it makes her feel loved. Um, So it sounds to me, and you can, you know, you can sit with this and live into it and make your choice. But what I'm imagining is that you could have a found what I would call a foundational conversation, which you do what probably when you're together, and you've had some time, it's not like the first, you know, day or so of a visit, but there's been some time to kind of settle in to kind of relax a little bit. And it's a good moment. Everybody's rested and not stressed out. And then you say, Hey, mom, I want to talk to you about something. I'd I'd like to start doing something differently with you in our relationship. And I think then that you could hold like the the question is, then how do you make room for dual realities here more than one reality? where part of what your end of it is what you need is for her to, to hold space for you to listen, to ask you more generally, how are you? And not necessarily have an answer 
or if she even if she thinks she does she needs to hold it and not say it and that that's not what's important to you to feel connected and then it's about like keeping an eye out it doesn't have to always be this immediate exchange but keeping an eye out and just paying attention and holding an awareness of how can you show up and give to her and connect with her in a way that's going to be meaningful from her perspective and it's okay for you to ask her too like hey what you know this is what connection looks like to me have you thought about or do you want to think about what it might look like for you yeah yeah I think that could work Uh, it just means I have to do it (laughs) (laughs) well and honey I understand it's a leap I get that it's a leap but like how long have you wanted this in your life to feel more connected with her yeah no it's it's totally worth it Um, it's totally something I want to do Honestly, I think if anything, I'm just, I'm kind of frustrated with myself that it hasn't happened before because, yeah, it's just, it's always hard and it's, and it's what makes being with them hard, you know, um, and I don't like that being around my parents is hard. Like that doesn't feel good. Um, and I don't, well, and I just want to say, honey, like, not all of this is on you. This is this isn't about you doing all of the emotional work here. It's about you learning to hold a different point and and learning to speak up in the moment and kind of the cool thing about having a foundational conversation when everyone's in a even place and that everybody agrees to it hopefully and hopefully everybody remembers it cuz that's also an issue sometimes. <laughs> But that's usually more with guys, to be honest. But it, but usually if everybody can agree, okay, we've had this thing and we're going to now work on this together, which is it's a good idea to kind of do active listening back and say, okay, we're, we're now moving forward in this way. Then when it shows up in the relationship, which it will, it's going to show up. So it's not a matter of kind of waiting for the shoe to drop and then being disappointed, but understanding that actually part of shifting the dynamic is being excited even when it shows up so that you can say, Hey mom, remember we talked about that thing that this is, you know, we want to work on doing it differently. Well, here's that moment where I'd really like you to ask me how I am generally. And now you're starting to want to fix. Okay. And, and you can come in and start to notice it, notice the pattern with her, notice the energy, right. With her without judgment, blame, or guilt. Because instead of it being this adversarial either or stuck in codependent fighting for what reality is right, instead you're now going to be on the same team of shifting your relationship, of feeling more connected and understanding that like she's holding her point and you're holding your, you know, you're holding your point and they may be different, but you need to kind of grow empathy for each other and compassion and acceptance for an understanding an awareness for what those realities are so that you can start to slowly untangle them in the moment. Yeah. I'm glad we're talking about this because I think it's this, you know, I've been thinking a lot about integrity lately and um, I think it's the place in my life where I think my own actions are the most out of alignment with what I say 
matters to me um, and how I want to interact with people in the world and ostensibly the work I want to do of, of helping people have difficult conversations that ultimately end up connecting them. And I think that uh, it's part of my work to <laughs> figure out how to have these hard conversations myself, because these are definitely the hardest ones for me. This one with your mom is the hardest one for Yeah. 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 It's a biggie, sweetie. It's the hardest, I think, with our, you know, with our parents and with our, our closest people. Yeah. I do think like, you know, I'm, uh, I, I get, I get so much from her. <laughs> we have a lot in common. Like I, I, I know that she'll be, I think she'll be able to hear it. And I think oh, it just takes time to grow the capacity to be able to act on that in a regular manner or consistent manner. And I found that myself, but I do, I do actually have a lot of faith that she's able to, I hope, I hope she's willing to. That's the big thing. I hope she's willing to, too. And I have, I'm going to hold the faith that she is. Yeah. Thanks. Cause I think, yeah, I think she loves you. I've seen, I mean, I, I've only met her like once, but I could see the love shining. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know she loves me. It's just, yeah, it's hard. It's hard when, love you know doesn't look exactly the same for all of us and so we have to yeah we have to negotiate it like this sometimes or navigate it I guess yeah this is the part that I wanted to ask the question of how would you relate what we've been talking about with your mom and you know shifting inside of yourself and shifting with her and shifting out you know how can you transform this relationship so that there's room for two where where does following energy come in here? I guess the first thing that comes to mind is just like in the moment of that conversation, of any conversation with her, I have to be really, really, really in touch with the energy inside of myself and what's happening because I could get triggered in just an instant and my reaction, even if it's completely nonverbal, like it's just the energy shift <laughs> that like she can feel and I can feel when I get defensive or I get triggered is so fast. And there's such a, uh, like I said, sort of like scar tissue around it. Um, I think she's really hyper, like looking for it, right? Like she's, she's like expecting me to get defensive and expecting to be validated in that like expectation. And not that I'm going to stop myself from necessarily being triggered or getting defensive, but I have to, I have to like recognize that energy and be in touch with it enough to be able to call it out in the moment um, and say like, okay, like I, I recognize that what I just said was defensive or what you said actually, you know, kind of upset me and, you know, I, I want to take a step back or let's find another way to talk about that or, yeah, I don't know, or just let her say her piece 
I can't, I mean, I think the other thing about following energy is like, I can't, I can't get in front of that energy. Like, I'm not going to be able to sit here and imagine all the things that she might say, and I might say and work it out in my head. <laughs> like, I have to just trust going in that I'll be able to navigate the conversation in a way that like, hopefully gets us to a better place. Um, if not, if not, it won't be the perfect place, but feels better to both of us somehow. And yeah. So what's coming in for me is like, again, I'm seeing as, you know, intuitively, like I'm seeing that scar tissue and how, how, I don't know where it is in your body, but like, how do you start to hold that part of you with love, that part of you that has been hurt, that part of you that still feels like there's some scar tissue inside and, and hold that, see if you can start you know, holding that with some love and seeing what it needs and even holding it with awareness sometimes, maybe. You don't have to say this to your mom, but just kind of holding it inside of yourself. You can hold space for yourself in this conversation with her too. You have that capacity. Yeah. And then if it starts to get activated, you can notice that with yourself. You can decide whether you want to say it to her or not that's your choice you don't have to but just start to hold that part of you and see what comes up and see how to tend to it and that's kind of the there's following energy where you're paying attention to what feelings and sensations are coming up inside of your body which again takes years of work so the fact that we can sit here and I can just ask you and you can just go into it represents years and years and years of work that you've done on yourself that you can access um, that part of you so readily. And so I want to say yay and congratulations and thank you for all of the work that you have done on yourself that way and your own healing work. Yeah. 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 Thank you. And then there's the following energy of that I consider to be like the daily life where you're having this conversation that's happening with your mom and you're paying attention and you're listening and you're seeing like, what does she say? And what do you say? And how, you know, and, and you're following that and seeing where that may get bumpy too. And it's almost like we're holding, it's interesting, right? How many realities are we holding at once here? <laughs> <laughs> but I believe you can do it. She may need, you know, she, she, she may need some training up around it. She may need some education. Like it may be slower for her, which is why, and you may need some of the slower too. That's where like slowing it down, slowing the conversation down um, might be supportive to both of you for you to start to hold that tender part of you yourself and see what it needs and speak to it carefully and then maybe not be as likely to just jump into reaction and defensiveness and striking out to take care of yourself and maybe for her it's learning how to literally hold space for her daughter and instead of just kind of coming in and telling you what is the best way or telling you kind of how to fix it she needs to learn how to hold her process and listen yeah I think that's right. Um, or, or that, that makes sense to me in me. Yeah. I mean, I think the immediate Im image I got was just, you know, I think that scar tissue is just really all around my heart and I think it, I think it makes me less open to, I think it's gotten in the way of a lot of open heart connections for me and I actually think that's some of the residual anger that I have 
um, sort of this like additional layer is that I feel like I missed out on a lot of connections I could have had from this scar tissue and this way of being that was modeled to me. Um, and I think, yeah, I just have to, I have to do some work to try and let go of that. And, but I think you're right. Just recognizing that it's there and that that still really hurts for me is, will allow me to be more present in these conversations, not trying to defend, defend something or defend myself from feeling those feelings. Yeah. And the two words that I'm hearing right now, intuitively, two words, disappointment and guess what the other word is what exploration Mm. yeah (sighs) because what would happen if is if you maybe learn how to hold some of the disappointment some of you get to feel into if if the disappointment is inside some of this scar tissue do you feel like it is (sighs) Yeah, I think the I think the disappointment makes me hold on to the scar tissue or something. So what happens when we bring in this word, this intention, this relationship of exploring some of that too? And we can call in gentleness. You can call in gentleness. Yeah, yeah. And what came up for me too is this practice that I've always found really powerful of anything that you want to stop doing or let go of, of like really exploring what, what are the, what are the good things it's doing for you? Like actually what is, what does disappointment give me? Like, what is it doing for me to like hold on to that disappointment? That is an incredible question to live into you know, without judgment, just noticing, holding an awareness and compassion, compassion for yourself. Yeah. The whole thing about, you know, consciousness becoming more aware is you have to just be where where you are with it in your life. And you just didn't know what you didn't know when you didn't know it. And that is what it is. There's nothing you can do about that now in this moment. And so beating yourself up about that or, you know, being hard on yourself about it is not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) My brain knows that. (laughs) Yeah, we all know that, right? And that it's about how do we breathe it in and practice it. And, and I just want to encourage you to say like everything that we're talking about here, especially this part with your heart and you get to sit with this and feel and feel into where you want to enter with your mom. I feel like baby steps are okay here. There's a part of this that is the work that you can do at a very deep level because that's your capacity and where you are with yourself. And then you'll get to decide, you know, what would gentle look like in starting to shift this with your mom? Yeah, I think there's some, there's some work I can do myself. Finding, I, I really appreciate the the idea of finding a gentle, even a fun way for us to take some baby steps towards this. I, I like the idea of that. I can see some ideas already. Hmm. Okay, good. So how are you feeling in this moment? Better. 
Um, I feel like I can see the path forward, even though I know it's not necessarily an easy path, but it feels like it's worth it to try and move in that direction that I want. I feel like I have a little more insight and clarity into why this has been so hard and how I can, you know, maybe reframe it a little bit to make it not feel so daunting. Yeah, and some of the stuff inside of myself that I still can work on and try to shift just myself, that feels that feels doable. Well, I have to say I'm really proud of you. Because <laughs> we've been we've been talking about some of these things for uh, a while, and um, this this feels you're always I my experience of you is you're willing to do the hard work, but this there's something about this that feels like a good next level. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think yeah, it's been a long path. <laughs> um, this particular challenge, especially and. I can remember being at earlier layers of it. Yeah, it feels like this could actually get someplace yummy um, with not not so much more digging. <laughs> and and you know, and it's okay if it doesn't. I think the the disappointment of of not trying, <laughs> um, or the you know the the misalignment with where I want to be and and where I am on this has just really been kind of eating at me sometimes we have to get uncomfortable enough that we're willing to do the other uncomfortable thing (laughs) so yeah I might just kind of be getting there finally well thank you so much for you know allowing me to be here with you and to kind of travel through this this place of exploring the discomfort and exploring everything that you'd like to shift and you know, how you can begin to do that with your mom. And I'm going to be holding a really good thought and intention along with you and a belief and faith that that you can do it. And I I believe in you and I believe in her um, and that you can practice and work on this and that there's time to do that. I'm going to hold that point. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Stacey. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you for for your time and your energy and I'm sending you a big hug and thank you for being here and I I hope and and also intend that anybody listening will receive some good some some wisdom and guidance based on you sharing so honestly and with you know vulnerability about this about your relationship with your mom so thank you for offering that up so that other people can receive that from you Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. Thank you again. My name is Stacey Bowden, and I am your mama bear guide. My intention with this podcast is really love. (laughs) My intention with this podcast is a lean in moment. My intention with this podcast is to create a way for us to begin to connect more. And by, and by us, I actually mean you, the listener. So if there's an area of your life that has you stumped, that makes you feel like you are at a dead end, I invite you to, to join, to connect. If you're feeling lost or stuck, feeling called to connect with me directly, 
guess what? I'm right here and I would love that 